Welcome back to the Purple Political Podcast. I am your host, Riddell Lewis, and we are back at it today with another great discussion, potentially coming up with a solution on the biggest topics and issues going on in society today. Today with me, I have my guest here, Craig, as he's going to talk with me in terms of higher education, the value of higher education, and the potential positives and negatives going into it, of course. So I'm going to let him introduce himself, and then we're going to dive right into it. So go ahead. Sure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Craig Van Slyke. I'm a college professor, professor of information systems, currently at Louisiana Tech University. I do want to say that anything I talk about tonight is not uh, the university talking. It's, it's me personally talking, so a little disclaimer there. I've been in higher ed in a variety of capacities since uh, I graduated with my doctorate in 1998, including 10 years in administration uh, as a department chair and dean. So I've seen a lot. I've helped a lot of students. Uh, I've seen students succeed. I've seen them fail. So hopefully I can help shed a little bit of light on the whole situation. Today's topic of discussion, uh, we're going to be talking about higher education and the value of higher education. Uh, to start out, of course, uh, I would like you to give out your positives or your uh, why someone should go into higher education versus why someone should not go into higher education based on your own personal perspective. Okay. So that that's really a very individual decision, um, and, and it would be a mistake to try to make a blanket statement that everybody should do one thing or the other. Um, for example, I've got a good friend of mine who works as an electrician. He's actually a manager now on the oil rigs offshore. He makes tons of money, happy, got a good family, just paid off his house, paid it off way early, and he's a, he's a fairly young man. Um, and we were talking one time, and he said he, just, he was terrible at school. You know, school just didn't click with him. And so if he'd have tried to go to college it's likely he would not have been successful. He would have been miserable. He would have been in debt to no good end. And so he took a path where he learned how to be an electrician and he's living a great life. Other people, if you want to be an accountant in you know what we often call white collar jobs, office jobs, those kinds of things, uh, STEM, you know, the engineering, science, uh, technology, math. Uh, you want to be a nurse, you know, like a, like an RN, kind of a nurse, uh, BSN. You've got to have the college degree. And if that's what you want to do, you know, hopefully you have some talent for going to school, and that's the path you should take. And you might not be happy going down a path where you didn't go to school. Um so it's really an individual level decision. You, you can't make a blanket statement that everybody should and everybody or everybody shouldn't. Um, for I, I will say though, virtually everybody should get some kind of education or training after high school. Uh, you know whether that's going to um, going to electrician school, going to plumbing school truck driving school, you know, or any of, of many other things that might not be directly related to the trades. You know, maybe you just want to be a programmer. You go to some code camps, that kind of thing. It's, 
it's important to get something beyond high school for most people. Yeah, I definitely agree, uh, especially in reference to the fact that specialties, uh, STEM, being a lawyer, for example, those type of occupations uh, definitely need higher education. You definitely need to go to school. The question is for like the more vocational ones, being an electrician, plumber, uh, being a coder, for example. There's a lot of other different jobs that people may argue that don't need higher education in the first place or being an entrepreneur, for example. So the next thing I want to ask is, do you believe there is currently a stigma to kind of force basically every student that goes into high school, middle school to go to college in America? And if there is, how do you think we can change it or make it a little bit more efficient for people who go to college, not kind of wasting their time to just go into student loan debt? Yeah, I, I think there is a little bit of a social stigma to not going to college. Um, you know, high schools brag about their um, college admissions rate and that kind of thing. Um, you know, in some circles, you're looked down on a little bit if you don't have a college degree, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, I'm a college professor, PhD, the whole nine yards. Nobody's ever had to call me with an emergency for being a college professor. But I'll tell you, if you've got a leak, you need a plumber and you need them then. And so everybody brings different value to society. Uh, there are a lot of different ways you can bring value to society. And we shouldn't base how we view a person uh, on how much higher education they have. You know, there are people that don't go to college that are just fantastic people. There are people that do go to college that, you know, didn't get anything out of it. And so I think we do need to maybe be a little more realistic about helping people find the right path for them rather than trying to push them into some particular path, um, which is unfortunately what I think a lot of uh, happens to a lot of students. You know, you, you go to college because that's what you're supposed to do when you graduate from high school, not because you have some plan in mind. Um, but that, you know, that's a big job to change that mindset. And it, it's going to have to start maybe at the high school level. I don't know. Uh, maybe change some of the metrics by the by which high schools are evaluated. I, I'm not as up on that world, so I don't really know. But I, I do know that there's at least some pressure to try to up the percentage of graduates that go to high school that go to college out of high schools and, and that's it should be about fit the important thing is not whether you go to college or you go into some trade or do something that doesn't require college it's whether or not the path that you've chosen fits with your talents and with your interests and if it does and it's college great if it does and it's not college great but if this one size fits all is just not a good mentality to have. Yeah, I definitely agree to that as well. Uh, college, for the most part, is a very tricky thing for especially like 18-year-olds coming out of high school. Um, now, there is a counter argument to those people that are just going to college just because. Those individuals who are not 
sure what they want to do. And the kind of argument is basically that going to college is a function of kind of expanding your perspective. One, you're meeting a lot of different people, maybe for the first time. Not everybody's very well traveled or has a lot of diversity, depending on where you grow up. You expand your perspective, you get introduced to different concepts and studies, maybe even going on trips and networking events. So one counter argument for that, that notion that college is only for the, the specialties is that college is for you to figure out who you want to be, what you want to do, and who you are. So what do you say to those people who believe that Yes, college has its ups and downs, but it actually should be a place for people to go to college, even if they don't know what to do. Matter of fact, especially if they don't know what to do, because that's where you kind of find yourself. What do you say to, to those people? So so I think that's a fair point. Um, but that really depends on what it's going to cost you. I mean, so there's definitely a, a significant non-economic benefit to going to college. You know, the socialization things that you were talking about, the exposure to new ideas, exposures to new kinds of people, that's all really important. And, and you can't put a dollar figure on that. But, you know, it's like, like I, I'm, I'm a first-generation college student. Neither one of my parents have college degrees. Um, we didn't make a lot of money. You know, my dad never made a lot of money. I mean, we, we always had food and shelter and that kind of thing, but he, he didn't have money to throw away. You know, if, if we would have gone to some school where tuition was sixty or $70,000 a year to try to find ourselves, uh, I don't know. I'm not so sure that's a great idea. Uh, you know, living at home, going to a state school, you know, trying to do it in a less expensive way, then that's wonderful. Or if you're fortunate enough to come from a wealthy family, then great. Uh, but but it's a fair point that the exploration and that kind of uh, intellectual growth is really an important part of college. But, you know, maybe you work for a couple of years, save up some money. Maybe you started a community college. You know, there are different ways to do it. And again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. You have to kind of find what's the right path for your particular situation, your family situation, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But but you, ha you have to be smart about it. Yeah, I, I agree again. And I do understand the the concept being perpetuated there because college, even like when I went to college, definitely had that type of value. I met a lot of different people. I learned about a lot of different perspectives, networking, all that stuff. But like you said, it's a pros and cons type of thing. And putting yourself in like 60,000 to a hundred thousand dollars of debt, is it really worth a, an experience that you could in in theory, uh, do on your own you could go in to an event and meet a lot of different people you could find some groups that are focusing on certain intellectual uh, topics these things you can do sure college makes it a lot easier obviously but these things in terms of like the pros and cons of putting yourself in debt i would say especially for people 
that have no guarantee that they're going to make a lot of uh, money moving forward, that it's not worth it at the end of the day, um, which is probably the mindset for a lot of these newer generation. So my my next question is for this newer generation and with the increase of social media and content creation, there's a lot of kind of things being said to these uh, younger kids and teenagers as they grow up that college is worth this. You don't need to go to college. Just become an entrepreneur. Just uh, start your own business. Just uh, start a YouTube channel, Twitch career, for example. So this newer generation is becoming more and more infatuated with the content creator, self-made uh, individuals, whether they apparently do crypto, financial help, some wealth building strategy, whatever, whatever. So with this new wave of, or with this new generation mindset changing from, oh, I have to go to college to college is a waste of time and it's a scam. Then we went from one extreme to a whole different, a uh, whole another extreme. So what do you say to these people, uh, to these kids that have this new mindset that I'd rather be an entrepreneur or content creator than go to a college because I think it's a scam. You know, are there people that are making tons of money, you know, on Twitch or YouTube or, you know, podcast or whatever? Yeah, there are, but there aren't really many of them. Uh, I mean, you, you've got a podcast and I have no idea how popular it is, but I know how hard I've worked on my podcast and, you know, I'm never going to make any money on it. You know, it's just never going to get the downloads. And, you know, YouTube is littered with videos that have three downloads and four downloads. And and everybody sees, it's almost like the pro athlete. You know, when when I was a kid, you want to be a pro athlete because they made good money and, you know, a lot of prestige and that kind of thing. Well, I played sports with some really, really good football and basketball players. A couple of them got tryouts in the pros. You know, so you've got to be really good to make the big money uh, on social media. But, you know, if if somebody came to me and said, you know, I really think I can do this, or 18, 19 years old, I want to take a couple of years and give this a shot, do it. Because the fact of the matter is, if you get your degree when you're 22 or you get it when you're 24, when you're 40, nobody's going to care. You know, so if you want to take a couple of years and give your big shot, I don't see anything wrong with that. But but I do think it's really easy for all of us to delude ourselves and see, you know, Joe Rogan getting $100 million or whatever he got or uh, you know, the whoever's making tons of money playing video games on Twitch. But how many, really, how many people are able to do that? So it's not a realistic long ter- long-term strategy to, ba- to base everything on. But I'm a, I'm a little bit of a risk taker. So, you know, Go, I mean, if you, if somebody thinks they can do that, go for it and see. You you can always, especially when you're young, you don't have a lot of expenses, you know, go for it. If it doesn't work out, you can always go back to school or, you know, go to learn a trade or whatever it is. Um, 
You know, as far as college being a scam, I mean, there are a lot of things wrong with higher ed. Uh, a lot of things that we could do better. But, I, you know, I when I was in administration, I didn't stay up at night trying to figure out how to take kids' money. You know, we tried to figure out how to make kids successful once they came in. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I I don't view it as, there are there scam colleges? Yeah. Are there bad values? Yeah. But, you know, a lot of schools do a really good job of getting kids in, getting kids out, and make helping them become successful. So I, I don't buy into the scam. College is a scam mentality. But I also don't see anything wrong with taking a shot when you're young. Look, if you get to be my age, you know, I've got to have an income. I've got a mortgage. You know, I've got people to support and, you know, all kinds of other expenses. I couldn't quit my job and try to do podcasting full time. But when I was 18, you know, I, I didn't need much money. You know, so maybe I would have given it a shot if all of this had existed back then. Uh, were you were you done here? Because you cut out a little bit, so I don't know if you're. Yeah, done. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, okay. I was done. Yes. There's some very interesting points you laid out right there. Um, it's very hard to say which is the right choice. I, I will say that, you know, for sure, if you want to take that gamble and become a content creator, you by all means you can. It's a lot of hard work. I think for the most part, the people I see become relatively successful content creators who can put in the time are those people who don't necessarily have a social life. And it's just the truth of the matter. The people who are playing sports all day, are at clubs all day, hanging out with friends and partying all day at high school, middle school, they don't they don't become content creators unless they want to be TikTok dancers, I guess. But they don't become content creators typically because they're busy with life, whereas the people who don't have as much time can put that time into content creation, becoming a video game Twitch streamer. So by all means, you can put that energy. But like you said, at the end of the day, statistically, we all know that like only like 1%, at the, like less than 10%, ever make it being a content creator that's just the truth of the matter most of the people fail you just don't hear the story of those people who failed at the end of the day so right the the interesting thing about this situation is we agree on the specialties i think a lot of people agree that if you want to be a stem or or lawyer for example for sure you have to go to college and then for the people who are like up in the air, not sure, we, the general assessment is you kind of go to community college, kind of experience life and be sure that you, that's what you want to do in terms of college. My, my question for you here is moving forward, if the, if this assumption becomes more of a reality, do you think there will be any value of undergraduate school moving forward? Yeah, because in part because of the socialization things that you were talking Could about before. Could you just do that in the I mean, even in the in the level above, such as law school, whatever school is for doctors or teachers? 
Couldn't you just do it then? You could, but you know, you've got to have a, a, a maturation process. You've got to kind of mature before you're ready to take on that level of work. You know, it, it's a process. I, I I spend a good portion of my job working with doctoral students. And, you know, they need some seasoning before they can really understand what it's all about and, and have a depth of thinking that needs to be developed over time. Um, now, you know, there are exceptions, people that are just insanely talented that can get it right away. But, you know, I... I saw my own kind of my depth of thinking developing from an undergrad through my master's and then really when I hit my doctorate. Um, so I, I think it would be tough uh, to just jump right in to to like one of the professional uh, graduate programs. Um, the, the other thing is that especially at a, at a student-focused school, the experience is kind of curated for you. So, you know, you could go out, you mentioned this earlier, you could go out and do a lot of these things on your own, and that's absolutely true, but how many people are going to actually have the drive to do that, know how to make the choices, have the contacts to pull all of, all of those things together? And so I, I think there's a real place for undergraduate institutions, and there will be moving forward. What we need to do, though, is we need to work on affordability. So if, if you go out and you buy something for a lot of money, it has to bring a lot of value, right? Or, if or you're going to feel like you got cheated. So let's say you go out and buy a new set of AirPods or something like that, and the sound sucks. I just bought a pair of Bose earbuds. My my forty dollar earbuds sound better. You know that's a bad bargain. But the forty dollar earbuds that sounded pretty good, that was a great deal. Well, when college is seventy thousand dollars a year, you want a huge return to make it a value, right? If college is fifteen thousand dollars a year, well, maybe you don't need as big a return. Um, so I th I think if we can work on the affordability piece, uh, it, it would be it would be a significant shot in the arm for undergraduate institutions and for students. I mean, guess what tuition was when I was an undergrad, what I paid per credit hour? Um, I, I have no idea. I, I, I'm, an, I'm an old man. So we, we paid between 15 and 20 dollars a credit hour. Now, you know, that was a fair amount of money back then, but you could legitimately work in the summer and work a part-time job and pay for college. You you can't do that today. You just can't. Yeah. And we we need to fix that. Absolutely. I do agree that we need to fix the affordability aspect, but in terms of how realistic it is for us to do that i'm not really sure about it because there's too much incentive to make your college tuition more expensive unless people start dropping in droves in terms of attendance which i don't know it might happen with this new wave of you know younger generation but i can't really say for sure because the stigma of hey you got to go to college still exists now 
one thing I will say is I don't really buy the aspect that you need to mature. Because, for example, in mil in the military, you're thrown right into, like, a lot of very crazy and demanding stuff at the age of 18, 19 years old. And, you know, even, like, in the age, like, years ago, decades ago, maybe so, the amount of work you would do and the amount of responsibility you would have would be at a younger, younger age. I think the things have changed in terms of, like, high school, you're still goofing around. Middle school, you're goofing around. Elementary school, there, there's no maturity process there. If it was more of a maturity process in middle school and high school and setting them up to be an, a person, a citizen of America, then they will be much more ready. So if I think that if the system was changed, I'm not even saying this is more realistic or less realistic in terms of fixing the affordability aspect and maybe government funding, who knows really. But in terms of like uh, kids becoming 18 and being able to go to a, you know, graduate school, I think they're, they'll be more than capable of doing so. Obviously you need some kinks in terms of the graduate school for them to get a more extended uh, familiar familiarity process, like maybe an extra year for like really trying to get used to it. But I I don't think the maturity aspect is really that much uh, of an issue. Um, and then one thing that you mentioned in terms of like the, the social aspect, I'm, I believe that there's a lot of socialization that college can ha offer in terms of resources and tools. But at the same time, even though it's easier to obtain those tools, there's still going to be people who don't obtain those tools. For example, when I was in college, I actively went to counselors, went to programs, went to meetings, woke up, sacrificed my hangout time to go do these things, and was like an active participant in these activities. Most kids in college, if they don't have that in their mind, are not going to participate. So regardless, it's going to be that individual who has the drive to succeed. And that's going to be the case whether you're in college or out of college. The question is which how, how easy it is to obtain set of resources. And that's that's a different uh different discussion. So ultimately moving forward um in terms of the affordability aspect, if colleges have no incentive to change the affordability aspect and kind of the only way for them to change their mind is if students stop attending college what do you think should be the what do you think or how do you think uh the these colleges should change in terms of affordability or do you think there's an actual realistic solution for them to uh help out these students or want to help out these students moving forward yeah uh, you know i if I knew the answer to that, I'd run for office, I think. But, uh, you know, that's a that's a really tough issue. What, but, but one thing that we're starting to see the leading edge of is these kind of middle-tier private schools with big tuitions are in real trouble. Their enrollments are dropping. Uh, some of them are literally going under, and there will be more in the future. 
because they can't offer a good value proposition. Um, like my, my school, I think that the cost of attendance for my school is about eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars $19,000 a year if you live on campus. Well, you know, that, that's not bad. Eighteen, nineteen grand a year. And, and I don't know about the other colleges at my university, but the business school, we have a placement rate of 92, 93%. You know, that's a pretty good deal. You come in, you get, you know, you can get financial aid. And so uh, we don't have, most of our students don't have a ton of debt when they get their undergrad. And I, I don't know what the median salary is, but I'm guessing it's probably in the 40s and we're in a low cost of living area. You know, that's not a bad deal. But you go to a private school and pay fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, and you come out and you're an elementary school teacher. That's not a good deal. And so I think those schools that aren't good deals are going to start to see students voting with their feet, and go into schools that offer a better value proposition. The the other thing that we absolutely need to do is have the state governments take on more of the burden of funding higher ed. Uh, I, I don't know the situation in Louisiana, but I, the state where I was a dean, over the course of about eight or 10 years, we went from the state providing 50 or 60% of our budget to providing about 10% of the budget, 15% of the budget. Guess where that money gets made up? Tuition. You know, the cost of 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 educating a student didn't go down. So if the money you're getting from the state goes down, you got to make it up in tuition and, and private donations, and private donations are tough to get. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's not a good situation. Um and you, you throw on top of that the increasing administrative oversight that universities have to put up with. You, you probably heard about the increasing administrative costs in universities. They just go up and up and yeah. up. And some of, that, some of that is a waste. There's no doubt about it. But a lot of that is because you're having to report this to the state government and that to the federal government. And, you know, you've got to send reports to to accreditors. And so there's an administrative infrastructure that you need just to operate. And, and that could be reduced quite a bit. But but these are big problems, you know, that, that I'm not going to solve. Uh, even collectively, they're going to be really difficult to solve. So I, I think it would be naive to claim otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it, obviously in America, when it comes to big changes, they rarely happen because of how our American political system works. But I will say that in terms of the, um, in terms of the shifting of change, the like you said, the mid-tier private schools are going to be struggling for good reason due to value. I will say that the one type of institution in terms of higher education that can definitely benefit a lot is these online colleges these online universities like they market very well they market constantly on youtube on social media hey get your online bachelors get your online masters these online schools you do a couple hours here and there you're able to work a normal job and 
still able to kind of live normally while also getting your education at the same time. So it has the inherent, sure, it doesn't look as fancy as like, hey, I got my degree at the University of Iowa, for example, but inherently the degree is the same degree. It was more cost efficient, was more practical. And when you go and apply for a college, unless it's like, some weird networking thing where they hire just certain people, they're going to look at the degree the same way as this other college for the most part, unless it's like an Ivy League school. So I will say online in, uh, online colleges are definitely going to be benefiting a lot for how they're approaching this new wave and new generation. And um, they could definitely be, the if the stigma changes, they could be the go-to Hey, you're at graduate high school, do an online college instead of, hey, go to this four-year university and get like $60,000 in debt. So do you think that's uh, possible? And, what, and uh, do you think that's a better kind of idea versus just going to college? Well, it, it, it really depends. And I know I'm saying that a lot, but it does depend. So it, if you look at like Grand Canyon University, um, Southern New Hampshire, Western Governors, you know, they they have some good programs. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with a, with a lot of their programs. Now, there are others that are complete scams. And so you have to really vet them well. I mean, I know Grand Canyon's legit, Southern New Hampshire's legit, Western Governors. Um, but, but even some big-name schools, Penn State's got a big online presence now. Uh, Purdue University, I think, has got a big online presence. Uh, our, at my university, our uh, online MBA is our fastest growing program, and it's nationally ranked. Um, and so it's got a lot of advantages. But here, here's the thing that people need to know about online education. You have to be really self-regulated. You have to be on top of things. You have to be self-disciplined. Because, especially if it's asynchronous, you know, where you're not meeting as a class online, nobody's making you get up. Nobody's, you know, giving you a time to be somewhere. you got to get the work done on your own. Uh, and for some people, that's not a problem. But for other people, it, it's a huge problem. And so, again, it's a matter of fit. And just like you were disciplined enough to do the things that maximize your college experience. If you're doing online and you goof off and you go out and party and, you know, you're hungover and pardon my language, but you half-ass your assignments and projects, you're not going to be successful. If you're dedicated, if you're disciplined, if you're on top of everything, you'll be fine. Uh, but but the, you will miss out on some of that socialization aspect, though. That, that's the downside of online is you, you don't get that. But if you get that in other ways, maybe that's not important. Yeah, I really don't find the value of socialization that important. And the reason why I say this, even though I think socialization in general is very important, I do think there is benefits, but I don't think the benefits nearly outweigh the cons. And for the most part, people who go to college and the friends they make and the connections they make mostly – don't last you're gonna forget about them the year after and you're not gonna contact each other 
So it's just a me, just a momentary me, a uh, momentary time of uh, good fun, sure. But I don't think the value is here. And I think online schools they can have like study groups, they can have online classes if they implement that into their program. Um, the as the socialization aspect I do think is important inherently though for sure because I do think social media and technology is really ruining people's capacity to be able to socialize with another human being um so I think that is a problem but I don't think that should be solved in college I think that should be solved in middle and high school personally that's kind of where I come from yeah you know the and I don't disagree that doing that in, in lower levels is also important. But the the thing about doing that in a high school is a lot of times the high schools are pretty homogenous. You know, there are people from your area, obviously. Uh, a lot of times they're, uh, you know, there are common socioeconomic backgrounds, not always. And so you don't get the diversity of people, the diversity of ideas that you might get at a university. And uh, I mean, I, I was lucky. My, my high school was about 25% kind of rich white kids, 25% poor white kids. And then the rest of it was split between African-American and, and Hispanic back then. And it was great. You know, uh, if, if I'd have gone to a school where it was all people just like me, I don't think I would have gotten nearly as much out of high school as I did. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure you can do that entirely at the high school level, but certainly you can do some of it. And again, it, it's what you value and what it's what somebody as an individual needs. The, the other thing about value is that it's additive. So if some of the value is the education itself, some of it is in the, the broadening of your horizon. Some of it is in the socialization. Some of it is in maturing. Then maybe altogether, college becomes a better value. And so I keep coming back to what's the right decision for the individual. And, and that just depends on a lot of factors. I think what we need to do is help uh, kids that are in you know, sophomore, junior year in high school better understand what the different pathways are and maybe help them make decisions that fit what they where they are better. I don't th and that's a lot to put on high schools. So I think universities it should be a combination can help out with this. But I middle and high school and then parenting of course. So um I don't think high school does it at all at this point. I mean, based on my high school experience, I, ne I never really got any, like, college prep. Like, sure, here and there, they told me the basics, but it was still very individualistic. So I see what you're saying, but yeah. as of right now, in terms of how the undergrad, middle, high school, and even, like, the graduate schools kind of play with each other, they're very disconnected, it seems, as of right now. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. I I, I don't have any evidence to disagree with that, because um, I it, and I you know I'm a little bit 
out of that world. So I don't know what all goes on between the colleges and the high schools, but it's going to be limited at best. Right. So I, yeah, so I can't disagree with that yeah, at all. Fair enough. Um, all right. So we're about to wrap it up. Um, any final thoughts in terms of higher education or final words you want to say in regards to uh, people going to higher education, people choosing between entrepreneurship, content creation versus higher education, anything else you want to bring up? Yeah, I, I think I, I think you need to be honest with yourself and realistic. You know, if you think you can go that entrepreneurship path, give it a shot. Uh, but don't count on that. You know, you have some sort of a I know some people say you should never have a backup plan, but I think that's wrong. Um, I, and you also need to really think about what's the right path for you. Uh, if, if you, you know, maybe you don't come from the best economic, most advantaged economic background, you know, don't go to a really expensive school. Maybe you start out at a community college or maybe you go work for a couple of years and kind of get a view of the world and decide what you want to do. Um, you don't have to graduate at 22. You know, if you can, great. If you graduate at 25, if you graduate at 30, you know, when you're my age, it probably won't make all that much of a difference. So if you need to take some time to find where you fit in the world, take it. Just don't put yourself into horrendous debt trying to figure that out. Don't pay 70 grand a year to go party and find yourself at a second rate school. I think that would be my advice. Yeah. Great advice. And last thing I would like to bring out is that although I've kind of elicited my general opinions about higher education and certain inefficiencies in terms of the education system, there's another perspective that people need to realize is that sure, if you want to, for example, let's, entrepreneur content creation you need to realize that both that and going to college is a risk and like he, like uh craig said there's different values and different risk factors you need to take into account something you need to realize is if you want to do the entrepreneur content creation stuff if you fail in that or if you succeed you're an individual you do you make your own hours and you make make a lot of money if you fail then you just wasted your time. In terms of college, you do it. The The worst thing is you're going to go into student debt if you don't have scholarships or grant money. But regardless, you will have that degree. You will have that uh, those potential experiences and networking opportunities to utilize in getting a career. So regardless... Even though you may go into debt, you will have a degree that you can get a better sum of money, better job than you would if you did not go to the institution. We elicited earlier that someone with a bachelor's degree makes way more than someone without one, right? So weigh out your pros and cons, weigh out the uh, risk factors of either choices and any choice you make because at the, at the age of – from junior – and high school, from junior year of high school to, like, right when you graduate is some of the most important deciding times. But you technically, 
like Craig said, you don't even have to decide then. You can wait a few years and decide after. You don't need to rush. Even though some people make you trying to make you believe that, nah, you got to rush. You got to do all this so quickly. So by the time you're 25, you should have a full career. No, you don't have to rush. It's, uh, you can, there's a lot of time in life. So that is all we got for there. Um, before we wrap up, uh, do you want to shout out podcast, plug anything? Sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have people uh, take a listen to my podcast. It's called Live Well and Flourish, livewellandflourish.com. Uh, it's available on all the major podcast apps. And what I do is I, I talk about how to live an excellent life, you know, how to, at really a deep level. How do you have a really good life? Not life hacks, but, you know, kind of the philosophy, psychology aspect of it. Episodes are short. Uh, I think it's a great value for your investment in time. So I'd love for people to listen to it. All right, make sure to check that. The links will be in the website and the descriptions, of course. And make sure you rate this five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And check out the YouTube channel, of course. This uh, was a great episode. We'll be back next Monday, 7 a.m. EST. Y'all have a good one. Take care and peace.